Hi, everyone. Thank you once again for joining the Dan Roman podcast. I am your money and financial coach, Dan Roman, and I greatly appreciate your time, your attention. I want to thank you so much for sending in comments, for rating, for subscribing to this podcast. And if you haven't done so yet, please do so. The more people that know about this podcast, the better. This way we can connect to more people. We can make this thing called personal finances go viral and we can really affect some change in our personal lives and also in the people that we know and love. couple questions for you as we start today's episode and going forward. First one, what are your biggest money challenges? The second one, what are you hoping to learn about your money? Please note, everything I share is for general education purposes only. Any insight I provide is strictly for that reason and is not a recommendation. I have and will continue to provide an educated opinion. Also, I have not considered nor evaluated your financial snapshot, your portfolio, or your risk assessment. This podcast is by no means a distribution of tax, investment, or legal advice. While seasonally, this may not be a topic that I would probably talk about on the podcast today, uh, being in November, um, I generally would have preferred to stick towards the holiday season and dealing with stress and anxiety with that. Those episodes will come, but um, I want to talk about college. And some students are currently enrolled in the fall semester of 2020. each year, the College Board releases updated college costs and information uh, based on trends in an annual report. Um, costs can vary significantly depending on the region of the country or the college. However, the College Board public, you know, they, they release average costs dollars that um, will help parents prepare themselves and children um, prepare themselves for college. Um, these averages are based on a survey done with about 4,000 colleges across the country. So they do a, a fairly extensive search and, and do, do extensive research on this information. So the following um, information is college costs for the academic year of 2021, 2020 through 2021. Um, many colleges have shifted to online learning. Um, so the college board has estimated that 2020 through 2021 room and board figures to be the same costs as 2019, 2020, um, adjusted one, you know, adjusted 1% for inflation. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to keep the cost relatively the same for room and board, seeing how the in-person on-campus experience has been affected due to COVID, um, the survey states that the total cost of attendance includes direct billed costs for tuition, fees, room and board, plus a sum of indirect costs that includes books, transportation, and personal expenses, which may vary by student. I will say that before I, I continue on with the numbers, parents, as you're preparing yourselves and your and your and your children for college, 
definitely look at what the universities are charging and why. I remember when I was in school, they were charging me $35 for a, a, a bus pass for the semester that I didn't even know was a benefit. I didn't even um, use it. And then about two or three weeks into the semester, I met with the, I believe it was the bursar's office at the, at the time, and I asked for a refund of my tuition for $35 because I have a vehicle. Um, I showed proof of registration and the fact that I had a parking sticker, and I wasn't going to use that benefit. They gave me a hard time about it, but I was able to get my $35 back. That's just one example that universities will just charge in mass for things that you or your kids just won't have access to or won't need for your major or for your college experience. So definitely look at the bill, look at what they're charging you and ask questions. And oftentimes you could even get a discount simply by saying, if I pay for the semester in full in cash, can I get a discount? Um, chances are they will. The problem is, is that we think that the, the prices are set in stone and cannot be changed and we just pay. So, <clears throat> excuse me, going into the... Um, Public colleges, in-state students. So, like, I live in Connecticut, and a public college, let's say, is Central Connecticut State University, and I'm going to that school, and I live in state. So, tuition and fees, on average, are going up about 1% to $10,560. Room and board, 11620 The total cost for the year, 26820 Public college costs for someone living out of state. So let's let's use that same example. Central Connecticut State University and a kid from Mass or Rhode Island wants to come to CCSU. The college tuition and fees is $27,020. The room and board um, going up 1% to 11620 which is the same as in-state. So they're trying to influence outside students to come in-state, right, because of the fluctuations due to COVID. Total cost of attendance for the year for out-of-state students is 43280 Remember, these are just averages. So instantly, we see a big cost savings with in-state tuition and out-of-state tuition. So my number one tidbit is for kids and parents as you're preparing yourselves to attend college or go to college, first and foremost, start with community college. It's much cheaper. And you can get a lot of the prerequisites away, a lot of the core classes, your Englishes, your basic maths, your science, um, histories, your arts, things of that nature. And then you can transfer into a two-year, I'm sorry, you can transfer out of the two-year into a four-year institution and really save a lot of money that way. Also, let's keep in mind, I was going to save this tidbit for the, towards the end of the podcast, but college is not for everyone. And sometimes it's, it's worth going into a trade or... Starting a side hustle that can lead to a business more and more lately, especially because of COVID students and parents have realized that the cost of a diploma is not necessarily um, a return on your investment once you graduate, not just because it's hard to find a job, but because COVID has really challenged universities and the, the actual diploma themselves, especially when we consider that trades and other professions can make as much if not more money than a a kid going to college and getting a four-year degree in something. Thirdly, let's consider that I would strongly recommend that if your kid or if you are going to college and you want to pursue a degree in arts or psychology or physiology, 
let's have a backup plan. Let's do a double major or let's do these art or psychology as a, as a minor because those degrees generally do not transport or transition into the real world well. What I'm trying to say is get a degree in something that's marketable. Finance, accounting, marketing, management, uh, logistics, cybersecurity, right? These are things that are we're going to need and we need now. But I don't remember the last time that anyone that I knew personally that had an art major and they were able to find a job in art. There's nothing wrong with the arts. I am a lover of certain aspects of art. I admire art. I have a few pieces of art myself. However, it's not something that I would encourage our daughter Camila to go to school for when her time comes. So we have to really have that conversation with our kids as, okay, Camila, you want to go be an art major. What else are you going to major in? Don't force the conversation, but really ask questions and really instill in their minds that you want to graduate with a degree that's transferable into the marketplace like easily. And truth be told, I know a lot of individuals that don't that didn't go to school or don't need to go to school because they're hairstylists, they're barbers, they are uh, fashion designers, and they, and they learned on their own. They're personal trainers, they're chefs. Some of these things do require some coursework, some training, but training and going to school for four to six years for something that isn't transferable to the marketplace right away is a big difference. And let's consider the fact that student loan debt is the second highest debt in the country today after mortgages. And kids are, a- are averaging when they graduate with anywhere from thirty-five to $40,000 in student loan debt. So it-, it breaks my heart to see an art major come out of college, graduate with thirty-seven, thirty, you know, $38,000, $40,000 in student loan debt, and then have a hard time finding a job as an art major. And then when they do find the job, it's twenty-five dollars to $30,000 per year. And it's not something that, A, is sustainable, and B, you don't deserve that. So if you really love the arts, or you want to be a psychology major, or you want to do something that is not easily transferable to the marketplace, go do that. But definitely have a second major in hand. Do a double major, strategize, save money, work while you're in college so that you can afford going for two majors. This way you go for what you love and then you go for something that's more, uh, that's easy, easier to transition into the real world with. When you graduate, you know, that's just the beginning of your life, right? And you want to put yourself in the best possible shape and footing to maintain yourself as an adult so that you can live on your own, save for retirement, pay down any debt if you have any, and really build wealth. And the way you do that is to graduate from college debt free. Now, we spoke about in-state and out-of-state tuition for public college. Let's talk about private colleges. Uh, tuition and fees, they're going up on average about 2% to 37650 Room and board going up 1% to 13120 The overall cost of a private college for the year is $54,880. Huge difference compared to in-state and out-of-state for public college costs. Over the past uh, uh, 10 years or so, the average published tuition fees room and board at at a a four-year college has increased about 17% um, beyond the increases of the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. So what the study has found is that the cost of college has gone up much higher than the average inflation, okay, in general. So... 
17% is a pretty substantial increase year over year in, in a 10-year span. So question the cost of tuition. Really probe on what it is you want to study and find out if there's other ways to obtain it. I myself, I went to community college for the first two years. I got my associate's degree. And then I found a loophole in the system that allowed me to stay at the community college beyond receiving my associate's degree to get more credits towards my bachelor's. So I think the number of credits that I could get maximum at my um, community college was either 96 credits, that for some reason that number sounds right. So I stayed at the community college for the full 96 credits. Then I transferred out of the community college to the four-year university. And I was able to only attend, I only had to attend TCSU, which is where I graduated from, for 24, for 20, for 28, 30 credits. Not a lot, 10 courses. So huge difference in in time, but also in costs. Uh, October 1st is when the FAFSA um, is opened up. Um, I think everyone should apply for the for the FAFSA. FAFSA, this is a, a money that the government provides to everyone. Um, I will say that not everyone will qualify, but it's worth filling out. The application process can be annoying and tedious and long, but it's definitely worth putting a couple hours into because you could potentially get half a semester, a full semester, even a full year mostly covered based on income and based on other information that you put into it. Um Speaking of income, the income is the biggest factor in determining financial aid eligibility. Um, a detailed analysis of the federal aid formula is beyond where I really want to go with this podcast because there's a lot of intricate details and, 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 formula, and formulas that go into determining who qualifies and who doesn't. But generally, here's how your expected family contribution is calculated. So if you ever see these three letters, EFC, that means expected family contribution. This is what the FAFSA um, uh, individuals have determined um, for families based on their detailed analysis and based on the, the data that they collect. Each college or university you'll find will have a calculator on their individual websites that will determine your out-of-pocket costs for the particular school for the semester for the year so before deciding on a school that might be a valuable tool for you to use is to use their calculator and determine what it's going to cost and they've become really transparent as to what those fees are as i mentioned earlier i was charged a 35 dollar bus pass fee even though i didn't need one i never used it and i didn't i didn't need one wasn't going to use it and did not even know about it until i really dived into it so really consider those options before really deciding where you want to go to school or where you want your kids to go to school. And then always remember the community college route because that's something that is super beneficial. As I mentioned earlier, student loan debt is the second highest consumer debt after mortgage debt. And um, student loan debt is more than auto loans and credit card debt. So that's huge. There's been a huge shift in what student loan debt means and, and just just a big picture, more than six in 10 college seniors. So the study says about 62 percent who graduated in 2019 had student loan debt, owing an average of thirty thousand dollars. So as I said earlier, 
they're graduating with a lot of money that they owe. So you want to make sure that you or your kids really go into something that is uh, transferable to the marketplace because you want to make money and you want to avoid debt. You don't want to fund an art degree with debt. You don't want to fund any degree with debt. But if you can't afford to pay for it, maybe you should wait. You should go to the community college because it's cheaper. You should work while you're in college. You should maybe look at trade schools and or, or looking into a trade and, and being an apprentice somewhere. Um, you know, electricians, plumbers, uh, locksmiths, they make a lot of money every year and they don't need to go to school for four years to, to, to make it happen. So the trade is something that has really become a huge part of our economy, of our culture. And I think when you weigh your options, you'd be surprised what you or your or your children can actually do outside of the traditional classroom. Take it from me, from from a re, me being a recent graduate, the college education system is is weak. It's fractured, and I say that because they're not preparing us, not preparing our children for the real world. Okay, the teaching methods are outdated. They're hiring professionals that generally don't have the relatable experience to the subject matter. I once took a fraud examination course that I was excited about because, you know, as an accountant. Being able to find fraud and uncover it and really solve the problem, that just sounded like a really cool idea. The class was a total bust. The professor was uninteresting, although he was a nice guy, very smart. He just wasn't connect connected and relatable to the subject matter. He also didn't have any relatable experience in fraud examination work at all. He was just someone that has achieved a lot of uh, success in education in academia so he was a good overall teacher but the application wasn't relatable to myself because I can only speak for myself in the real world so just keep that in mind and 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 going back up to the community college and the FAFSA situation I know plenty of people who will not fill out a FAFSA because they feel like they make too much money or I know other individuals that will hide and shift money and accounts just so that they can get the aid. I also know other individuals that will completely hide it or use only one parent's um, income instead of both parents' income because they're married just to hide money and the increase the possibility of them getting financial aid. Look, if you have the money for it, just pay for it because the financial aid that you're taking it, by not needing it can be an- another student can use. And also... FAFSA is funded by the government, first. Secondly, they do investigate your claims. You do sign a waiver, either electronically or otherwise, that states, I have provided this information accurately. And I can attest to that um, being free of fraud and to the best of my knowledge. You're essentially attesting. You're signing an an attestation form that what you're saying is accurate. So you don't want to be in a position where... You get snagged up and then you're due to pay back what you used or took from FAFSA plus penalty and interest. So keep that in mind as well. Now, the point of this podcast was to highlight the overall costs of college and to reiterate that you don't have to go to the most expensive college and you don't have to go to the prettiest college. You go to the college that you can afford. 
You go to the college that's going to give you the degree that you want at the best cost. Going to Harvard or going to Central Connecticut State University, there is not going to be any change in my career or any trajectory that's going to change just because of my degree since Harvard. What's going to change is me, my work ethic, my ability to create connections with people in the university and outside the university, going to job fairs, going to these um, seminars that they have on campus, really tapping in to all the resources provided by, by the university that we pay for through our tuition. Having Harvard or Yale stamped on my degree isn't going to make me more successful than someone coming out of Central. There is no way that we can build a community without all of us connecting with one another in every way possible, through social, through email, and even through this podcast. Did you know that the average individual or couple that has started coaching with me in 12 weeks time has found an average of $8,000 in their budget? Now, some are more, some are less. But what I'm trying to say is that in in 12 weeks time, the average amount of money that is found in their budget is $8,000. And there's many ways to get through this or get to that point. But what ends up happening is they, they, they take the this found money over time and they apply it to where they are in their financial position. If they have debt, they, it goes towards debt. If they don't have any debt, it goes towards savings and then savings for something specific, right? Down payment on a home. If they have a home already, then saving as an emergency fund. In any event, in 12 weeks, the average amount of money found is about $8,000. So if that's something that appeals to you, if that's something that you find to be worthwhile, please check out the show notes of this podcast where you can see my website and you can also connect with me. There's a link there that you and I can connect to have a call, but I would love to be your guide so that you can master your money, so you can win with your money. And for those that are having money stresses, we can eliminate that all together. It all comes down to work ethic. It all comes down to what you're willing to do, how hard you're willing to work, and what you can contribute to whatever organization wants to hire you upon graduation. So don't get caught up in the hype of going to Harvard or getting an MBA. Look, if you can afford to pay for MBA cash, go for it if you feel like it's going to propel your career. Like have facts behind it. Not this ideology that, oh, if I get my MBA, I'm going to make more money. No. Can you actually make more money? Can you actually land the position that you want? Is there a trajectory? Is there a plan in place? Do you have a commitment from your employer or a potential employer saying, if you get your MBA, this is the requirement that we need for this particular position? Or in some instances, uh, organizations are paying for the MBA for individuals to help them propel themselves in their career because they've established themselves as employees, uh, employees that contribute and employees that can pro- provide true change within the organization that they work for. Any organization, what they're looking for is, can you bring in more than I'm giving you? If I'm getting paid $100,000, can I provide my employer $120,000 or more in revenue and profits? That's what they want to see from a nuts and bolts micro perspective. Going to Harvard or Yale is not going to make automatically make you successful. You have to put in the work. I had a conversation with someone once, and they asked me two separate questions at two different times. Should I go to Harvard? My answer, do you have cash? No, then don't. Why? It's not worth it. 
And even if you did have the cash, a private the private university tuition is two times or more expensive than a public and state college. Why would you want to pay more for the same degree? Secondly, you don't need to go to Harvard to validate yourself. You validate yourself. Look in the mirror and say, I'm worth it. Look in the, in the mirror and say, I'm worthy. Look in the mirror and say, I belong. No one else is going to give that for you. Well, guys, that is a wrap for today. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you once again for your time. If you found this podcast valuable, informational, resourceful in any way, please share this with someone that you personally know and are connected to so that they can gain something from this also. The way we build a community is for all of us to be connected, engaging with one another, sharing information, uplifting each other up. If at any point in time I have said anything, created anything, or shared something with you in any way that you have found helpful, life-changing, or informational, please share this episode on all your social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. Text the link to a friend so that they can listen to this Listen to this with a loved one at home so we can all make this thing called personal finances go viral so that we can gain control of our money so that we decide what happens, when it happens, and how it happens. Thank you all once again. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and comment on this podcast. See the show notes of this podcast if you want to reach out to us via social. Visit the website. Send us an email. If you want to be featured on the next podcast, there's a link there also for you to drop in a voice message. And if you want to book a consultation free of charge to discuss your financial position, you can book an appointment there. See appointment times that are available to you real time. We can also book an appointment for your coaching or counseling session as well. And as always, God bless. Peace.